0: Welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk Money and More with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is another guest episode and I am delighted to introduce you to Bina Briggs, who is the co-founder and director of Plain Talking HR. Bina came to the UK as a refugee from Uganda in 1972. She settled in Luton and is now proud to call herself a Lutonian. She started her career in corporate working for many different industries before becoming head of HR for London Luton Airport. Plain Talking HR Limited was born in 2009, and after a fruitful eight-year business partnership, she is now flying solo as the director of the company. Clients tell her that they like her warm and human approach to HR, together with her passion and enthusiasm. And as one of my clients, I can certainly attest to those qualities in Beena. Thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the podcast, Beena. I am so looking forward to our conversation.
1: Good morning, Leslie. And so am I. Uh, It's been a great journey with me, uh, with you. So I'm really looking forward to it today. Fantastic.
0: So I'm going to kick off with the same question that I ask all my guests. What is your money story?
1: Well, now that is a big question, isn't it? Is a sixty-four thousand dollar, or is it sixty-four million dollar? I think it's million. <laughs> oh well, I think it's million as well. <laughs> well, um, as you know, and you know, I've, I've been on your course, but uh, for our, our kind of lovely, your lovely audience out there and the listeners, um, basically, it's a um, case of started off with a very restrictive childhood uh, in Uganda um, uh, with a very um, autocratic father. And and so, you know, money was very tight. The money was there, but for me and my family, for my sister and my, my mother, the money wasn't there, so the money wasn't spent on us at all. So it was that kind of an upbringing, and then things happened in Uganda, and we came over to UK as refugees. So again, the money wasn't there. Um, somehow, we never lost hope about money or about life, and we just, just just thought, right, okay, we need to make a go of our lives, and so we did. My father went to India, mum and dad separated, and that's another story. And yeah, you can read it all in my book as well, uh, The Red Thread. Um, however, um, you know, I've always looked at life as what it is and what it throws at us, and you just get on and get on with it and do it. And for somehow, although I hadn't consciously believed in it, that there is always somebody looking after me, there is. There's somebody up there, whoever it is. They're always looking after me, so life became okay, and you know, started earning money, and you know, I had to get a job and so on. And yeah, you know, but in a whole scheme of things, uh, being a refugee in a country where you don't know anything—of course, I spoke the language because uh, I was educated at Cambridge O levels uh, in Uganda, and of course, I was at university in in India um, doing microbiology. So but when I got here, you know, none of that was going to be recognized or of any use. So the money was always there, but it wasn't it, it wasn't like in abundance. It wasn't there for me to kind of say, oh, yeah, we can do whatever we want with it. So it was always a case of being careful, being able to save, being able to count for, okay, what's the next thing that we need to buy? And when it was mom, my sister and myself, the three three of us, um then it, and my sister was quite young as well. So, you know, we had to start from scratch about everything. And I'll tell you a money story about this and the savings. So one thing was uh, when uh, we were in, in kind of rented rooms for about two years and then, you know, and we're really happy and lucky that we had got that and we didn't have to go to refugee camps. Uh, but it, again, you can imagine, you know, it was one of those things in the 1970s. We came here 50 years ago. Um, this, this year and in 4th of August is when Idi Amin, um, actually expelled, uh, all the, you know, all the Asians from Uganda. So on 4th of August. So that, that will be, and, and there's a whole lot of stuff happening here in the UK to mark that anniversary. By the Asians, Um, however, so we we then applied for a council house, and mom and my sister and I, and we got one. um, But it wasn't on a a housing estate; it wasn't on a council estate. It was a private house on a private road, which had been, uh, you know, for some reason I don't know how, but it had got to the council, and uh, they then did it up, and we got it, and we were the first. Asian family on that street in Luton was the first Asian family and everybody else was, you know, English or British. But, you know, they were so lovely. It was such a lovely neighborhood. And anyway, so we didn't have anything. So the one that the things that we had actually started saving for when we were in the rented house was obviously the main pieces of furniture. And the only way I could, we could and I could um, save was that every time I got a 50p coin, I put it in a jar, okay? Uh-huh. Not not a 20p or whatever, but 50p was quite a big one. And I'm going back to 1973, 74. We got the house in 75. I think it was April or May time we got it. So, but this jar was full of this 50ps, okay, which then bought us three double beds, it bought us three double beds in 1975. Now, I think there was something like, I want to say something like 60 or 100 pounds a bed or something like that. It wasn't it wasn't a lot of money at that time, but it was. But a lot so of 50p's. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of 50p's and three beds, uh, one secondhand uh, cooker. And what else did we get out of that? Uh, we didn't have a fridge for a long, long time. Um, so it was three beds. And then I think that's, that's what it was. Oh, and, uh, we got a small, uh, dining table. And you know, the white melamine used to get and around yes. with, with four chairs. And, you know, that's what it was. So that's what we got after my 50p coins.
0: Wow. <laughs> That sounds to me like, you know, a real story of resilience, of actually, you know, coming across, fleeing what was happening, you know, in your home country then, coming across to the UK, having to start again, but doing so with a mindset of how do we now make this work? Where did that come
1: from? My mum. My mum was so strong. And um, you'll have to read the book. But, uh, you know, she was such a strong, resilient woman, um, made of steel, but yet she was like a little soft, real soft, you know, like a little soft uh, marshmallow. I mean, she was a lovely woman. She she did have a lot to put up with in life. Um, life hadn't been very kind to her for a long, long time. And so she was, and she was just amazing at everything. Um, you know, she knew how to, she, she was an ex- excellent cook. And because of everything else, she she used to uh, do dressmaking, knitting, crocheting. You would just name it. You know, there was nothing that she couldn't put herself to do. It gardening. I mean, she was a fantastic gardener. You know, everything wherever she touched, it just blossomed. And me, whenever I touch something, it just goes the other way. <laughs> but you know, the the all the way through, and her, I think, discipline and and that mindset came from her mother because her mother was a you know, she. My grandmother was a real matriarch, and again, she had to. Her husband, my grandfather, passed away when he was very young. Suddenly, he passed away, left a big family. My mom was number eight of ten, right. and my youngest auntie, number ten, she wasn't even born. Uh, my my grandmother was pregnant with her when my grandfather passed away. And so, you know, and so my grandmother also had to see a life where if you can imagine in the 40s and the 50s, um, when in- Asian women in India, when they're on their own and suddenly widowed and they've got, you know, six, seven, eight children, it's not an easy life mm-hmm. um, to stand up as, you know, the, the matriarch of the family. Yeah. But yeah. she was like that. And so the money mind came from that and the discipline and the saving but moving on you know and and you know we all have flourished in our own way and um you know i i kind of got ahead with my career and and i managed to and i think it's life uh luck uh destiny hard work all of mm-hmm. that the mindset but it it has given us good good life um you know Maybe I don't have enough, as much money as somebody else has, but I've never been short where I couldn't put, you know, food on the table or have a nice dress or good food or entertainment or something. Um, And we always enjoyed our lives, you know, didn't matter what it was. And in in our own way, we celebrated every single time. And so even now, and the mindset is to share and to enjoy. Um, And, you know, we've had our ups and we've had our downs. Um, you know uh, I was head of HR for London Luton Airport I worked for the airport for a long time uh, you know my husband did as well so we we had a really great life and then you know things changed and and you know and the last kind of I suppose a few years um, for me it it was actually building up the business uh, because I'd be, I couldn't see myself going back into the corporate uh, mm-hmm. after I left uh, London Britain Airport. So in a way, it's been a, a true up-and-down story of money. But at the same time, I always feel and you know, I'm grateful that I am able to do what I can and what I am doing now. Quite often, people are surprised at, uh, at you know, when they hear my story and they say, oh, I can't imagine what you must have gone through. And I just say, look, you know, it's just one story. If you dig deep enough into anybody's life, you know, you just turn a page. What you see at, as the person in front of you is not necessarily their life story. But, you know, most of us are too busy or are not interested in finding out that person's life story. Absolutely. Because everybody has got a story. Everybody's gone through ups and downs, Yeah, uh, some more than others. Um, so that's me. Absolutely. And as far as the, the lovely story that you relayed
0: around saving the 50ps and, and how effective that saving was, have you taken that through with you into yeah. <laughs> where you are now? Well, the 50p has become two-pound coin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's inflation for you. <laughs> no, no, obviously, you know, I mean, but that that is just something um, – it's come through all the way through about saving. But at the same time, I am a bit, bit of a maverick. My happiness is when I see that I've, I've done something for somebody, uh, and it might be something fairly minor, but it made them happy. And, and then for me, you know, and it's quite often a gift or something I've seen in a shop, and I suddenly see something, and, oh, God, such and such would like that. That was just for them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a birthday or anything. And so sometimes, you know, people will say, well, you know, you don't need to do that. But that's what I find, that that's where my suddenly I feel that, oh, that's really lovely. That's a good use of money. And somehow the money just turns up. And you get great joy from giving to other people. Yeah. uh, You know, it's about sharing and enjoying and especially I gave a gift yesterday to a friend. Um, it's his birthday, big birthday, coming up in a couple of weeks' time. And I had lunch with him, and I just gave gave him a, a something that I had bought from Spain. And he's, you know, it's just like, a, he was like a little boy. And he just opened up this thing, and in, in money value, there's not much at all. But it was like, oh, my God, you know, because uh, I, I thought I knew he would like, and then suddenly I got and it's, it's the same story every time, isn't it? When you give something to somebody, they're not expecting. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a beautiful, beautiful again, because um, I'm talking to you from home, but, um, I received a beautiful card, uh, on, uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it's a butterfly card with, inner you know, shoes and everything. And it's a lady, uh, called Hella Wozniak case. And she's got a beautiful um, business called Sister Snog. I'm a member of that, and I had actually gifted my book to Hella, and and then and she took it to her. She was having her wedding anniversary, and they've gone away for a week or something to Isle of Wight, and she said, oh, "I'm going to take your book with me, and I'll read it." And I said, oh, I'll read it whenever. It doesn't matter, you know. No, no, no. I'm going to take your book anyway." So then. Suddenly, I get this uh, message, and she put it on Instagram in a post, and I mean, it's fabulous, but then not only that, she just gives, sends me a card uh, with butterflies and shoes, because she decorates shoes. I know it it sounds weird, but she's the most flamboyant person I've ever seen. So artistic, so colourful, and she's got this eye for just turning everyday stuff into just beautiful objects, you know, and anyway... And I got this card from her and a little notebook, which just opens up, and it just was pure, pure joy. Yeah, money value it probably whatever, but the joy that is created and the you know the actually impression that's gonna stay with me forever. Yeah, of the joy that she had, and for me to think, oh my god, she took my book on her wedding anniversary. You know, you just kind of. Oh come on! But it was. Yeah. But you know, and I love one of the other things I love is buying cards. I have, you know, my my husband Ian says I keep the British card industry going. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. I have stacks of them. As soon as I see that is my every line. That's my weakness. If I see a really nice card, I just buy it. But not for keeping, but I, I want to then gift it to somebody yeah. at the right time. Yeah. And it might just be, oh, I saw this and thought of you, or it may be some special occasion. Yeah. But it's just money is there. And that you said it, it's just, you know, there to, yeah. to use it for something you love. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as you know, you know, I am a big advocate of
0: celebrating. You know, I think it's really, really important to celebrate. And that doesn't necessarily mean going out and buying big extravagant things if you want to or power to you. But equally it's taking and making the most of the joy. Of what has happened, being grateful for what has happened because the more joy you can take from it, the more that joy is replicated because you are exuding that joy and joy is very contagious. And as you know, because you shared it with me, um, laughter, you know, it it is a big part of showing joy. And when people laugh, other people catch that sense of joy and that video that you shared with me a few <laughs> weeks ago and uh, for listeners if you go on to YouTube um, there is a video of a guy on a tube he has I think headphones on is possibly listening to something or it might just be an experiment to see what happens. It was a think laugh. an experiment. There we go <laughs> What and, and slowly but surely that laughter hit the next person and the next person and the next person. And all of a sudden the whole carriage was laughing. And that to me, (laughs) that is a celebration of life, isn't it? It's (laughs) having that moment together, sharing a moment with strangers of deep joy. And those people will always remember that. And you've just reminded me now, and I'll tell this story really quickly. I won um, an award, um, a prize, to go to South Africa a number of years ago with a group of salespeople. We all won the award. And we were going to an event in South Africa and we got onto to the, you know, the luxury coach that had been arranged to take us to the event. And we were all excited. And next thing, an announcement came over the mic to say, really sorry, there's a problem with the coach. The only way we can get to the event is by going on a public bus. Really? In South Africa getting onto a public bus. OK, if that's what we have to do. So we all got on to the, the public bus and there were, you know, a, a very small number um, of local people on that bus. And then the bus stopped and another couple of local people got on. And then the, the gentleman in front of me, he was a black guy and, you know, he was true South African. He started humming to himself. And they started singing under his breath. And a few of us just looked and thought, oh, that's nice. He's uh, he's obviously a, a happy guy. And then somebody in front of him started joining in. And then somebody else started joining in. And then somebody else joined in. And as I'm telling you this story, I'm getting goosebumps again. Oh, wow. And actually, it was a setup. There was nothing wrong with the coach. These were part of a oh, South African <laughs> choir Oh, and it was wow. one of these flash mobs, <laughs> essentially. And oh, wow. they got up and they sang the most beautiful songs. And honestly, I wish people could see this now because the hairs on my arms. Oh, aunt, you made me feel. all oh, It was out of this world, Beena. And again, it demonstrates the power of demonstrating joy. You know, laughter, singing, sharing, being grateful, celebrating, all of that. That costs nothing essentially, Correct. but the joy Correct. that it delivers. And that's why I think it is. It's important to celebrate the very small things as much as the big things. And I know, you know, the people who are receiving your cards, the joy that they are getting, because it is a well thought, well timed piece of you knowing what's
1: going on to fill them up and make them feel. The I'll tell you another story, if we got time, about cards. Um, I always, always, and this has all started for my mum, and letter writing and all that. And it's all in my book as well. Because we were in Uganda, all her family, as I said to you earlier, she was number eight of ten. All, everybody else, num- the nine siblings were all in, in India. And so she really, the only way that you could communicate was letters in those days. And so letter writing was really part and parcel of our life. Um, and then, you know, cards as cards came along and in the UK and so on. So there used to be Diwali cards and, you know, Christmas cards and birthday cards and, and you know, Rakhi cards, you know, the red thread and everything. And mum was very finicky about every single person's birthdays. To the point where she also had like the second and the third generations of, of her siblings, families and everybody. And as soon as, you know, somebody joined the family, the date went in and then, and I've continued. And, and so when mom was kind of, you know, getting to the later stage of her life, I automatically became part of all that and posting and whatever. And so it, it's continued, and mum passed away in 2003, but it's continued with my, me and my extended family, and and they still marvel at the fact that I send cards to everybody. Now, unfortunately, COVID, so really, it just literally vanished overnight. So, you know, couldn't send any cards, there was nothing going on, and as you know, everything was shut, Yeah, and yeah. India and everything, it was just... just horrendous but now even now I can't get the cards over because every single time I send something it never gets there so I've just given up on them and um, my niece one of my nieces was here in in UK for a holiday so guess what she got she got a whole uh, stack uh of cards for (laughs) some of the people that I hadn't sent and said like you're taking those back over there and then you can just literally post them over there, you know, internally. Um, And I was talking to one of my cousins uh, the day before yesterday and he just said, you know, I said, Bina Ben, because, you know, in ours, Ben is sister, so that's the term of endearment and a term of respect if somebody's older than you. And he was saying, Bina Ben, don't worry about the fact that you haven't been able to send cards for the last two years and she said, you know, um, you, you're you the only one we know who actually goes and takes the trouble of buying a card and and then writing it all properly and then posting it to her. You said, nobody does that anymore. So we appreciate whatever you do, and it always brings in a lot of joy when you do that. Um, and to me, I think that is it's always the case, isn't it, that yeah. when you get something unexpected – But that's the money story, you know, that it's all about sharing. And for me, like mom, people are important to me, uh, but connections, it doesn't matter once you make a connection, you and I have connected now, Leslie. And those were the invisible threads that we both had. Somewhere along the line, our destinies kind of came together. Absolutely. And now yeah. we're joined. we now joined forever. And even if we don't see each other now, and we haven't met yet, face to face, but I know you enough now through all the Zoom calls, and I, I know that you know quite a bit about me, but we'll never ever, actually, that connection would never break, even though we don't see each other, maybe, yeah. and whatever. But the joy that we brought each other, the connection, money, whatever it is, is that's the money story. That's Absolutely. the story about enjoying life.
0: Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree with you. So as I said in your introduction, you know, you moved from corporate life into running your own business. <laughs> and I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who's done exactly the same as I have moved from corporate life into running my own business. And she said something um, Really interesting, which I suspect is true to a certain extent for all, you know, business owners who have come from a corporate background. And she said, Do you know, I wasn't even aware I had a money mindset. I had a relationship with money until I started my own business. Didn't really think about money until yeah. it wasn't a case of having my, you know, my monthly salary it was no longer there. Would you say the true
1: that that was true for you as well? Yes, I, I would say the same. Uh, and again, I think to some degree my my career was slightly different why I started the business or why I joined the business because as I said, I, I had to leave the airport and then um, I couldn't really face going back into corporate life at that level at the and and so I joined somebody I knew uh, who was just starting the business, so it it was a bit of a shock to the system. As you said, there's no longer that salary going in every month on that certain date. Um, so that was that. Um, so there was a period of uh, lean, being very lean and very careful, even extra careful about the money. However, I think that mindset of Again, with the business, I mean, my business is, you know, outsourced HR and helping small and medium sized businesses. So for me, that is the mindset of making sure that, yes, I know that the SME business owner also is counting every penny that they have and that they have to, they have to, uh, spend on whatever supplies they want to buy, including my services as, as an outsourced HR. So, I understand why they might be, you know, careful about money. But at the same time, I understand the value I am bringing to to them. Just same as you bring value to your clients, like me and everybody else. Um, so I understand the value of money. I think more now than when I was in the corporate world. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. And, and an appreciation of it more, I think, yeah. As well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
0: totally agree. Because okay. I think when you are in a salaried role, there is just that, you know, that, that belief, you know, 25th of the month, end of the month, whatever it is, the money's gonna be there, the money's gonna be there, and you don't, you know, you just take it for granted, essentially, yeah. as you should, because you yeah. have yeah, work yeah. for it. But once you are running your own business. You really well, you know, captured there. You are aware that that is you are having that money because somebody else, an individual, is actually ensuring your invoice is paid, and that money is coming from their bank account. And Correct. I think all of a sudden, money takes possibly a more personal meaning yeah. because it is isn't, you cannot assume it's going to be there. On a particular day, but yeah. also it truly is that exchange of what you are doing, the results that you are bringing are being recognised because somebody is
1: making that actual investment in you. Exactly, and I think the fact that the clients are with me, they they keep coming, but the ones who've been with me for the last ten plus years as well. Um, the value they understand the value of what I do for them and that relationship and so it becomes even more special of the the money that I'm earning is the value I give to my clients but it's just not it it, it is a, a case of thinking oh my god I'm proud of myself in that respect that you know, you always know that you know whether you're good enough or not. And of course, uh, you know, for me to have been head of HR for a big airport, of course I was doing things right, uh, and I I was, and you know, people loved me uh, because you didn't have to ask um, Bina who or Bina Briggs. If you just said Bina, does know who Bina was because you know, there was only one Bina at the airport, the whole of the airport site. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, you know, I was there for a long, long time, but that was a different kind of pride in the corporate world to this being my baby, you know. And and when I was in the partnership, it was still a bit of a joint kind of effort. So you're still not your own being where every single thing that happens to plain talking HR, everything that happens for my clients, everything that I, I you know, provide them with and share with them and give them and what the joy that I get back from all that, that's all me and the money and and it's, it's the value, isn't it? And the pride is different. Absolutely. The satisfaction that you get, the contentment. And somebody said a while ago, and I think we actually, when we were talking, and I said, Yeah, content. I am content in the fact that. I feel comfortable with where I am, what I am. Yeah, I'm not a multimillionaire yet. I'm not a multimillion business yet. However, I'm very comfortable and content and happy where I am. The clients are coming. They're all loving me. I'm loving them, every single one of them. And the other thing is, Leslie, you and I, we both choose our clients, don't we? Yeah. Because we want work, and the people that we are around, we surround ourselves now is by choice. Yeah, is by choice, and that is so much different to the corporate life as well.
0: Absolutely, and it's it, you know it's attracting the right clients. You know, attracting the right clients that who want to work with us, and we want to work with them. I think that is the you know the beauty of what we do. Now, as I also mentioned in the intro, very fortunately you are one of my clients. So why why did you decide you wanted to be coached in terms of your relationship with money?
1: I think I've got to a point where to be true, the COVID actually hit me quite 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 a bit. Because I had a number of clients, and I, you know, I kind of seem to attract uh, clients from construction industry more than others. I don't say they're the only ones. I, I kind of have a niche and I serve them, but they tend to be, uh, you know, quite quite a number of them. And you know, there's the the kind of clients that I had. They all had a hit. During COVID, yeah. a lot of them, not all of them, luckily, but because I've also got a number of other different industries, um, you know, clients from different industries. But, yeah, so I had quite a bit of a big hit um during COVID in 2020. So 2021, 2020, 2021. And so it was a kind of, at some point, there was that feeling that, am I good enough? And what am I doing wrong here? It wasn't a case of, oh, well, you know, it's them and they've had to deal with it. So, yeah. but why am I not attracting those kind of clients again? And that was that just period between kind of, uh, I would say, late 20 and middle of 2021 and kind of stuff. And then just coming out of 2021, things started changing in 2022 kind of towards the back end of 2021, around November time, and coming into 2022, and suddenly things have started coming up. I started getting really some really lovely clients, really nice big ones. Um, and I just felt that that was the right time. And, and I always believe that things happen for a reason. And people come in your life for a reason, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Yeah. And I think that was the time when I needed that, uh, that support and that I suppose not just support, but I think it was just that awakening. I think to say, Hey, you know, no, not different than anybody else, but actually, you know, your money story, you got a good relationship with money, but I needed somebody like you to kind of tell me to believe my in myself again. With the money side, and and you and I, we talked about my big client and how you know it started coming through. And guess what? What was yesterday, twenty first? Yes. And do you remember what I had said? I can't remember. remember. Remind me. I said I want to meet my target. Yes. Oh yes, you did. Yes.
0: Uh, and you did know, it early. You did it way ahead of the original target. That's, that's amazing.
1: Well, um, yesterday, again, two new inquiries came along from God knows where, but they did. Well, you know, the universe keeps delivering and they look amazing. So watch this face.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, again, I hope you have found a way to celebrate that, because you know oh, how important
1: you know this is. Do you know what? I'm celebrating every day. I'm celebrating every day at the moment. And, oh. in, 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 you know, mentally and yeah. physically and emotionally, I am celebrating every day. And that is just music to my ears. So <laughs> what, what was it about the coaching that really stood
0: out for you?
1: Um, I think it was just reinforcing the fact that, I'm not different. Number one. Number two, the story that my past is my past is gone. Yeah. This is me now and life. And guess what? Life is getting better every day. And, and I think the coaching has just given me that confidence. And I, I just feel that it was the right time. And, you know, somebody who introduced me to you, you, the lady. publisher who I love very much and and, And actually uh, let's
0: give let's give Mindy a shout out. Mindy Gibbons Klein. Mindy very much.
1: Uh, Yes, Yes. of course. (laughs) And 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 so you know it's Mindy who made it happen. And again she was just instrumental and the universe said, right Mindy, it's time for you to introduce Leslie to Bina and that's it. Done.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: but that it, it is all about, I think, and your your programme. And all I can say is that it really does, you know, you, you you have a style of making people think and also to feel, you know, to, to kind of recognise their own journey. And you actually bring it out. The things that we'd never thought about, I had never thought about myself or had, or might have thought about it, but not really valued it as such as you know how special I am and I think you 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 kind of done that and given me that confidence back again that hey you know life is good. And let's put that back on you because actually you have
0: given yourself that level of confidence because you have seen what was always there within you but life very often gets in our way you know we Indeed. put that bar- those barriers up and don't realize that actually we have everything that we need to first of all circumnavigate those barriers and yes. then to just smash them down and the person i'm seeing in front of me now is so much more confident is so You have always been a smiley person, you know, every time that we've spoken, even before we actually started formally working together, your smile was one of the first things that I picked up on. But it definitely seems to be far more belief in yeah. the art of the possible. And what I loved is what you said earlier on, I'm not a multimillionaire yet. And I think that is real true testament to the inner work that you've done that you believe and absolutely I believe it for you that actually anything is possible and whether or not you get to a million pounds in that bank account multi-million pounds in that bank account is irrelevant really because you have what money cannot buy real inner belief, and again, again, those goosebumps, real inner belief (laughs) and confidence in yourself. And the other word that I love that you used, you are content. Because I think when we are truly content, not when we are half-heartedly pretending to be content so that we don't have to push ourselves out of our comfort zone when we are truly content we have something that money is unable to buy and that's why to me actually our relationship and you know i've said this many times our relationship with money will be exactly where it needs to be when we have the right relationship and true confidence in ourself and that yeah. contentment is actually worth more than the hugest yeah. amount of money in the bank because there are many, many multimillionaires, billionaires who are still striving to find that level of contentment. And there is a glow around you. I can see a genuinely an aura around you of true contentment. You are exactly where you need to be right now and you will continue to be where you need to be going forward in the future because you truly believe in yourself.
1: I do. I do and I think it's it's kind of suddenly like the sun's come out just now. It's just like that and you know the the kind of the rails of all this doubt and they all just gone and you know the clouds have dispersed and yeah. Uh I feel good. I feel comfortable and I'm grateful to a lot of people around me because life is, you know, you can't live life singly, you know, you can't live it on your own and it's people around me, uh, they're all making it happen for me, but also being part of my life and I'm, I'm lucky to have a lot of great people in my life and every single one of them has contributed to something to me in my life to feel where I am, you know, who I am is lovely a great place to be so what is next for you <laughs> well what is next who knows um well i think uh, of course there's going to be more successes more celebrations for sure uh plain talking hr going up and up and up um and i'll be celebrating a big birthday um in september so are you looking, looking forward, forward to your 55th having... birthday my 21st birthday? Your 35th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I always tell everybody. I'm 35. <laughs> oh, gosh, I could say, what am I then? Oh, well, shall I tell you my real one then? Absolutely. You? If you would like to, absolutely. My 70th. <gasps>
0: Can I have some of what she has, please? Because you don't <laughs> look 70, I have to say, but happy Happy birthday for when it comes around. thank you. (laughs) And how can people connect with you? So people who are looking to have the HR services that you provide, and I know how many clients and really, really happy clients that you already have, but how can people connect with you?
1: Well, I'm on the social media everywhere. Um, The name is Bina Briggs. The uh, business is called Plain Talking HR. I'm based in Luton. So you can see me on all the social media. My website is plaintalkinghr.com. Uh, you'll see it on there. Uh, I've got published a book called The Red Thread. So it's all there. So wherever you go, you'll see me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Bina Briggs, um, Plain Talking HR, Red Thread, whichever you want to. You'll see me plastered all over the place. Uh, I don't worry. Join. For, for listeners who want to connect with you, all
0: your connection details, social media links, et cetera, will be in the show notes, yeah. um, along with the name of your books, and they'll be able to reach out and do that connection directly. Thank you very, very much, Bina, for coming on to the podcast. I've loved our conversation. It's left me feeling really, really enlightened and feeling really, I've got a big smile on my face as a result of having uh, spoken yeah. to you today. So thank you very, very much. Hope you've enjoyed it as well. I did. And thank you again for everything, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Many and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly Money Mindset Audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my money archetypes assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free money confidence community over on Facebook? a link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it
1: and gave a review.